This is Digital Marketer. Hello, and welcome to the Digital Marketer podcast, where we help you to stop Googling your way through marketing. (laughs) I'm your host, Jenna Snavely. And before we get into today's interview, I want to give you a reminder about Traffic and Conversion Summit. Y'all, it's the biggest marketing event in North America, and it happens to be my personal favorite. I just might be there recording live podcast episodes in the expo hall. So try and stop by, give me a wave. You can still get your tickets online at trafficandconversionsummit.com. Today, we are talking with Ruben Aguirre, founder of 8Signal and a digital marketer certified partner. And I think you're really going to enjoy it because Ruben dives into the one framework that has been a game changer for his business. In fact, he did a full rebrand and shaped his entire business around it. We also covered how turning away some potential clients could actually be better for your business and how to build a team that's a well-oiled machine. And we just happen to tackle imposter syndrome head on. We'll get into the interview right after a word from our incredible, amazing, lovely sponsors. Hey, DM listeners, did you know that you can generate leads from Instagram without using any landing pages or websites? If you're not sure what I'm talking about, Instagram actually allows businesses and influencers to set up automations to automatically capture leads through the Instagram inbox. So this means that you can generate leads for your business all using 100% automated Instagram messages. And the good news is our friends at Bot Builders can show you exactly how to do it. They're an industry leader and these guys have landed some of the biggest clients in the world. So if you want to learn how to use Instagram automation to generate leads, go check out their free training at botwebinar.com. They'll show you exactly how it works. You'll see a live demo and also how you can start using their pre-built templates to start going after big clients yourself. Once again, that's botwebinar.com. Hi, Ruben. Welcome to the Digital Marketer Podcast. Hey, Jenna. Thanks for having me. It's an honor for me to be here today. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you. If y'all don't know, Ruben's just a lot of fun anyway. We've been goofing around before we started recording. (laughs) I'm sure you'll hear some of that through the episode. So I know, you know, you're a certified partner, you own an agency, you're an incredible marketer. Before we dig into, you know, this rebrand that you did and kind of how your business has changed and how you serve clients now, I want to kind of go back in time and talk about where it all began and that entrepreneurial journey that you started, where did this love for business start? So I'll start with piggybacking on your introduction of all those nice things that you said about me and the imposter syndrome quickly kicked in. And part of that is when it comes to the world of digital marketing and, and, you know, just general the web, that's not my background. I didn't, go to school for that. And it's something that kind of grew as a hobby. I can get into that more later. So in in a lot of ways, I still feel like I'm missing out on something because I don't know what everybody else went to school for that's in the same space. Again, it's whole like head trust that I need to work with uh, or work through. But so my love for business really came about just from my family. So 
we are, uh, my family, is, uh, we're immigrants from uh, Mexico. Uh, we moved to the States when I was six years old and everyone on both sides of the family, almost every one of my aunts and uncles, my dad, also my mom, they all had their own little business. They were doing something. So, you know, kind of grew up in a, in a entrepreneurial middle class. So it wasn't working middle class. And, um, I was really around that all the time. Even when we moved to the States, some of our family members started getting jobs like normal people, but my parents, you know, my mom, even to this day, uh, she had opened up a home daycare when she was, uh, well, she had opened up a home daycare when I started high school. And that was many years ago. I'm not going to say how old I am, but uh, <laughs> to this day, she still has that same daycare. And my wow. dad has done all sorts of different things as well in, in construction and in insurance, sold a lot of insurance. So we talked weird conversations about death when we were little kids. You know, and so it was a part of our, our makeup. And what, when I started getting jobs, I just never really fit in anywhere. I, I was not mm. a good employee. And there's a couple of places that, that I ended up getting fired just because that whole nine, nine to five was just very con constraining for me. And any job that I was drawn to gave me a lot of flexibility. Like I could almost come up with my own hours. There was no like be here at nine or you're in trouble. I could strolling at nine 15 or I could, you know, they could show up and I was there since seven. And so ever since then, like, I just kind of loved business. I love talking business. Uh, one of the things that I love about the digital marketing space is the business side of it as well. I get to talk a lot uh, about that with different colleagues. And so, yeah, so I guess, does that give you a little background on like why my love for business? I could go into next. Yeah. Well, how I got into. And I, I think what's, <laughs> I think what's funny is, you know, I talk to so many entrepreneurs and really they all talk about the constraints of the nine to five and the freedom and, you know, talking to a lot of people who are immigrants and they do come from families who, you know, like they came from entrepreneurial families. They built businesses. That's what they did. And I find it really interesting that like, this is a pattern I see over and over. Do you, so when you started actually getting into building things, I know you started building websites. How did that go from there? So yeah, I think that was like how I medicated my ADHD. I <laughs> always be doing something. And so, you know, I, I was in a real estate land development company and I played, I wore a few hats in that, in that company. And it was one of the small partners as well. And I would come home and my mind just kept going. It's always going. And so I would just get in front of the computer. Everybody has like, you know, their, they, they say Starbucks is like everyone's third place or many people's third place. For me, that third place was the internet, you know, and I just became curious about what, how websites worked and, and how they ticked and, and how you can make one and how you can change one. And so I just started tinkering. I'm a big tinkerer. I love woodworking on the side. You know, I've got like five projects going huh. right now. And so I just started tinkering with the web and then I just built them out of, for, just for hobby. And then uh, somebody, I talked to somebody about it and they're like, hey, can you build me a website? So I started building one and two here and there for friends and family. Then it turned into like a side gig and, you know, just to, 
to summarize a really long story in uh, back in 2008, everybody that was still, that wasn't a baby around that time remembers a real estate crash. And that put a big impact on my, my uh, just my whole world. I, I lost almost everything. I, I didn't lose my wife only because she is just an amazing, incredible person. But, you know, just every, my whole world came crashing down and I didn't really have anything to fall back on except this tinkering that I've been doing and building websites. And so I started doing it on the side, got a job as a marketing coordinator, and they allowed me to experiment a lot within that space. So a lot of things, my, my, my early introduction to the world of marketing was through the lens of Dan Kennedy. So I, I read a lot of his early books. Um, you know, the ultimate sales letter and just, I've got like, like, I probably got like 10, 12 of his books. And, um, and so that was my introduction to the marketing side of the world. And as I started freelancing, I, I just started taking on a few jobs, still continuing on the side until eventually I just made it like, you know, my main business. And, uh, it's been, uh, I want to say November of 2014, where I've just been all in doing this uh, nonstop and, and just wholeheartedly. Wow. That's amazing. And yeah, I, I think it's really funny. I, so many people come from the Dan Kennedy, you know, school of thought, and he, he's such like an incredible copywriter and businessman marketer. So you'd started a business doing websites and, and marketing. And, and I know you used to be called pixel mark. And you went through a rebrand. So tell me about that rebrand and and kind of where you were starting, like where you began. Not where okay. We've talked about where you began. <laughs> well, like where you know, where you were when you started the rebrand and kind of what changed. Yeah. So um one of the reasons why I decided to rebrand is um, you know, you just said right now you said the name twice and you're like, oh, I just want to make sure I said it correctly. So <laughs> People will always butcher the name, you know, uh, they'd say Pixel Mart, Pixie Mart, what was a Pixar, Pixar Mart. I'm like, yeah, I only wish I was associated Pixar with that company, <laughs> you know? So it was a really difficult name to, to stick. On top of that, we had the .NET. So that was one, uh, one more negative of that. And not there's, not, like, if, if you've got a really good name and .NET is, is the only one that's available, go for it. But there was other variables in there. The, the, the brand, and when we <laughs> came up with that name, I had a former business partner that I bought her out. And that was another motivator for me to, to really look at rebranding and, and coming up, you know, re, redoing our, our, our website is, is how it started out. And the, the other motivator for, for me was when I went to our website, who we had become as a company, as an agency, was no longer reflected in the website that we had um, at pixelmark.net. Uh, that's pixelmark.net. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry if you Google that and you're, if you type that into your browser, it's going to redirect you to 8Signal, not Signal 8. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it, that, it wasn't who we were anymore. And a big part of that transition and who we were as a company was uh, how the, the tools, the courses, and the community at Digital Marketer really helped shape and train who I was as a marketer. You know, I mentioned earlier that I had that imposter syndrome of this wasn't my world, I didn't understand it. And in one sense, there was a 
benefit and a value to that because I approach everything with a beginner's mindset. But there's also something about having some some training in the area that you're going to be putting into practice, no matter what it is. If you're a mechanic, I hope you're taking classes and getting a lot of practice. You know, if you're a surgeon, you're going to operate on me. I hope I'm not your first surgery, you know. And so as a client, if I'm your first client and as a marketer, you know, I think that there's I better have a lot of training behind me or a ton of experience because otherwise I probably shouldn't even be trying to do any of uh, your marketing for you. So I, we went through this transition and and in the process, I, I mentioned that my early introduction to marketing was the world of Dan Kennedy and uh, uh, Perry Marshall and some of the old school names. Uh, Joe Polish is another one that comes to mind right now. You know, and those are some of the guys that generated this next generation of you know, big names in the digital marketing space, rabbit trail. So for joining yeah. <laughs> Digital Marketer, I had come across Ryan Dice's name in some of the the newsletters and some of the videos with uh, with uh, Dan Kennedy's organization. And mm. because there was something that that direct response has like a spamminess to it, you know, has a has built a bad reputation. I got all the marketing targeted to me by digital marketer for years, but I always resisted it because <laughs> I associated this early version of Ryan Dice, which I don't even remember. It wasn't like he was like, like said something or did something that I was like, oh, that's, that's like, shady i don't even remember that's just like it's just like oh i remember him being in that group you know i was incredibly Mm. resistant and what made me just uh like what really changed me completely was at a conference one of the staff with digital marketer she was just incredibly friendly very open very helpful and not pushy at all and i was taken aback by you know, I was like, mm-hmm. I, I was expecting to be on the defense. You know, it's like, hey, I know you're a digital marketer. Just, you know, let's keep it here. <laughs> I know what you're yeah. about to do. <laughs> and, yeah. and I was completely like blown away by how wrong I had it when it came to Ryan Dice. Because then I had a chance to meet him in person a few times. And I was just blown away by his character. And, and, and there's a reason why the digital marketer community attracts such great people that I've met over the years. And that's because, you know, that has to come from the leadership. You know, if, if it's not a core value mm-hmm. that isn't made up from the leadership, it's really hard to, to fake that, you know? And so anyway, rabbit trail, I don't remember where I was going on the first round. Um, but um, I think that's so funny though. I wonder who, um, do you remember who that was? My guess is it was, oh, what year was that? It was about three years ago. My guess is Tinsley. No, but... it wasn't Tinsley. It was one of her coworkers. Hmm. Maybe Erin. Erin. Yes. Is she, she's not with you guys anymore? Short, dark, curly Super hair. Super curly hair. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's not, but she, she was a DJ. She, well, oh, she cool. is a DJ. Yeah. She's cool. Yeah. Erin's yeah. great. I, I love that. So Erin. Erin is Aaron, awesome. if you were still at the marketer, you yeah. get a little bonus right now. Just a little make <laughs> client happy. <bonus>. Yeah. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you're you're talking about, you know, kind of where right. you had gotten kind of the, that interest in marketing. And I do just want to like say, I, I think it's really interesting. I think a lot of people who want to go into marketing or get into the industry feel like they have to go to school for it because they don't have what you had growing up, which is being surrounded by people who build businesses. And it's interesting that like, I think they feel like they don't have that like kernel, that core of something within themselves that is an entrepreneur. And I think people like you who were raised, raised around it. And that is like who you are at your core feel like you don't have the other stuff that when, when really like you, like you're building businesses, like you are helping people, you know, generate cash flow and like, it's, it's working. So yeah. Yeah. You know, that's true. And so if somebody listening feels like they're in that camp, I think the best advice that I could share with somebody like that is number one, find a place where you can mentor. So if you want to go to school for it, go to school for it. But you'll find that if you find a place where you can mentor, you know, in your local area, who, who could you work for, you know, for a year and turn that into part of your school? You know, if you're still going to school, keep doing that and find a mentor, work for them. And that's how that's what happened with me in the real estate business. I wanted to get in real estate, found somebody that that uh, I thought would be a good mentor for me learned a lot of things, also learned a lot of things not to do. And that is valuable in and of itself. Mm-hmm. You know, so even coming from, you know, an entrepreneurial family, I still needed some of that guidance on how to run a business and all that stuff. And, and so just find somebody in your community that you could lean on, you know, be an employee for a couple of years. I, I, as someone who was not good as an employee, I've had to learn to be a good employee within my company because I'm the head employee. I set the example. So every time that I show up late, which I often do show up late, <laughs> you know, I still get here like at 9.15, 9.05. But, um, but that's, it's an example. And that little example could, is reflected now in my graphic designer who turns in projects late, you know, a day or two, who then the project manager gets influenced by that. And they, are late two or three weeks on a project we were supposed to deliver, you know, so it all, it all trickles down. It all affects somewhere or, or, or another. And so if you're having like that hesitation of like, Oh, I don't have experience in running businesses or how they operate. Well, all the crazy people like me out there don't know how to be good employees and create a ton of problems within the companies because of that, you know? And so we have to go through our own learning curve. <laughs> and know how to, how to adapt and how to uh, just become a better version of ourselves every day. I, I share with my team members that there's a phrase that we've all heard, it's, it, and it's what got you here won't get you there. And I tell them, who got you here won't get you there. And I tell them, it's not that I'm going to replace you as my graphic designer or as my programmer, it's that who you are as a person today got you to where you are today. And if you want to grow with us, you're going to have to transform and become someone better in order to get to where we're going to go next. You know, and and it's so important to always be striving for becoming a better version of ourselves. 
Yeah. I love that. Keep learning. And, and yeah. So eight signal was born little baby, eight pounds, three ounces. <laughs> Did you want to go through why eight signal? Oh, yeah, I, I, I like sharing that part. So yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Restarting. So eight signal was born and I'd love to know the story behind the name going from pixel mart to yeah, eight signal. there's a couple of things that really played into that. Number one is when I looked at the website and I had mentioned earlier that our website did not reflect who we were as a company. And so I wanted to redo it. As I was looking at redesigning the website, I was at the same time going through the process of learning the world of branding. So again, I was heavily influenced by the direct response world and branding was a four letter word. And so there was no place for branding in real marketing. That's, that was my mentality. And thanks to a freelance creative director here in town that I started working with, he really opened my eyes to the value of developing a brand and having branding and, and what that means because, uh, and I love his phrase and I use it all the time. He says, you know, your brand is the visual vernacular with your target audience. So I was like, I'm sorry, English is my second language. Could you say that again? <laughs> in uh, the second grade level. And really it was like, it, it's a visual communication. It's a message, the colors, the fonts, the style of the font, the size of the font, the symbols that you used within your, your logo and throughout your marketing uh, collateral, all of that communicates something to your audience. And so I really adopted that and had walked one client through that process and helped improve their brand. I created a, a secondary brand for ourselves within the healthcare space, just to, as a way to practice that, you know, and get experience in developing a brand. So by the time we started working on 8Signal, I was putting all those pieces together that I've learned from the branding side. And I was thinking, what do I want to communicate? You know, what should my name be and what should it look like that reflects how we do business. And for me, the, the name eight signal came about from the eight was a hat tip to digital marketers, uh, customer value journey with the eight step framework. And so there's eight steps within the value journey of turning someone from a, a total stranger to a raving fan. I think I almost quoted Ryan there verbatim. I say that a lot, but it's the best way to summarize, <laughs> you know, the, the, uh, the value journey. Yeah. So you have those eight <laughs> steps and, and that, that value journey that you create within or within an organization, it's really what helps cut through the noise in the marketplace so that our clients and their signal can be heard to their target market. And so it just made sense to me. I was like, a signal. I love it. And it also sounds agency. You know, it's like a buzz agency, you know, like three element or, you know, all those agency brands that we've met yeah. in marketer and other places. So I was like, I used to hate branding. I used to, I went out of my way to not refer to me, to our organization as an agency. I always said company, marketing firm, never use the word agency. It's only been the last couple of years that I, I've actually embraced mm. the term agency. Wow. 
That's so cool. I love hearing that story because it's so, it's so like the eight. Yeah. The eight and then yeah. signaling. And, and that, it's I love simple. It. You so did like great. graphic designer, <laughs> all she did was you put the eight and then two little like radiating buttons out right here. So for those that are watching this, if not, just visit my website and uh, leave your credit card information and social security number. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, don't do that. Um, so yeah, so like even that, just a little symbol of motion and, and kind of like expanding and there's a signal going out, but it's a super understated. It's not over the top and it's completely the opposite of what Pixelmark used to be. Mm -hmm. And also what we see a lot of people, the, the mistakes that I see people doing in their branding is uh, they overcomplicate it, you know, and the simpler is better just in general, especially if you're ADHD, just simpler yeah. is better. Yeah. That's a huge, huge lesson. And I think a lot of people do feel like if they make things more complicated, it will be more real. That's not how that works at all. So eight signal, how do you do business now? What does it look like to take a client through what you do? So once I caught past the imposter syndrome of being able to walk somebody through creating their own customer value journey and building out their personas or avatars as they're known in the digital marketer space. Once I got really comfortable with that, one thing that changed is I don't take on a marketing client if they're not willing to do the strategy. And for us, strategy, we call it the marketing blueprint. It's three core documents. It's the buyer persona, the avatar, it's the before and after uh, bridge and the customer value journey, the eight steps in the framework. If they're not willing to go through that exercise with us, uh, it's a signal to me that it's a signal. It's a signal to me. It's a one signal. Yeah. <laughs> it's a signal to me that they're not the right fit for us or that we're not the right fit for them. It's not that, oh, I'm too good for you. It's just like, hey, I, I'm not good enough for you for what you need. You know. So, so that's something that really just right out of the gate changed completely. What else is there on that? Is that scary to turn someone away when it's like money? It really is. And there's been at least once that I can think of right now, maybe a couple of times where I really needed the money. <laughs> like I needed the income. Either I was going to take a pay cut that month or I was going to cut hours across the board. And I really needed the money. It was a really good account. And I just said, we have to start here. If you're not willing to start here, then we may not be the right fit for you. And I, I want to do business with you and I really hope we can work together, but this is a deal breaker for us. And it is scary, you know, especially if it's the, the first time you do it and it coincides with you really needing that cash. Oh my gosh. I'll tell you this. Yeah. Two years ago, I would have done it. Like I've built up my confidence, but two years ago, I totally went like, oh no, it's okay. I'll, I'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. And then what happens is several months later, that account is just in total chaos because there's no direction. There's no, no clear path of where we're going. The client changes like the, where they want to go every single month and you can never get any traction. So it was easier to turn them away, especially because this particular client was in a, in a complicated space and they're going to be primarily marketing a lot within Facebook that I knew if we didn't do this, it was going to take, if he stuck around, it would take about a mm. year or two before we can start showing results, you know? So now it's invest one, one month with us at most spend four or five hours with our team 
let's develop these core marketing pieces for you. And then we'll use that as a launch pad into what we do next. And, and, and I won't take on any clients anymore. Like I just know the pain that comes with skipping that step. And there's been a couple of times where I broke that rule and, oh man, it came back to bite us hard and my team was upset and it's all my fault. It really is. As a mm. business owner, the buck stops with you. So we can use, it's not your fault in our marketing messages, but we can't to that ourselves. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's really like refreshing to hear a business leader and someone who has built a team kind of take take responsibility. What, is, what does that look like to, to build up a team that is, that you can claim responsibility for, but that is also autonomous? It requires having the right mindset as the person in front. So even now I still don't consider myself like labeling myself as a leader, still not fully <laughs> comfortable with that title, but being in front, definitely feels like it, especially when you come back, you know, to the infirmary and you're all bruised up and your arms <laughs> chopped off. So as the person in front, if you don't have the right mindset, you're not going to be able to bring people along with you. I think it's in the book of um, good to great or one of these like 12 laws or something. And we'll find the book and if we need to and reference it. But one of the things he talks about is you can't be a level three leader and attract level eight, nine, and 10 um, mm. team members, you know? And so, so you have to step up to that level and you have to put yourself through that scrutiny and hold yourself accountable or have others in your community. And digital marketer community has been that for me at different times that, you know, they've become my, my accountability so that you can grow into that because then as what happens is, you know, you're not climbing the corporate ladder or the entrepreneurial ladder. You're building mm. the ladder and you're not stepping over people to get to where you want to go. You're building the people under you so that they're helping you get to where you want to go. And, and, and you're helping them get to where they want to go as well. So it's a symbiotic, you know, interdependent relationship that takes all of you to a better place. And so I think number one is you have to have the mindset as the, the person in charge, you know, and, and part of that for me early on, I had been so used to like feeling like I'm w walking on eggshells and having to defend myself at all times that I was not allowing myself to be a leader to my team because I was always defending myself. I was always saying it's not my fault, the equivalent of that, you know, and in doing that, we, we hand over our personal responsibility. So if we can't be responsible for ourselves, how can we be responsible for our team members? You know, and, and so that's number one, get the right main mindset. And, and it could be like, for me, it was a journey of a few years. It wasn't like it happened overnight. Like it, it took a few years and some coaching to really work through that part. And then the second piece is um, training. Like if you don't have the resources or the skills to train the people that work with you, find those for them because you could have the greatest mindset in the world. And, you know, they say that the road to hell is paved mm. with good intentions. Like you can have the best of intentions, but if you're not equipping people 
with training, then how are they going to be able to do a good job? And the really good ones are going to go seek out some of that training themselves. But then that means they're a level eight or nine team member, and you're only a level five player. And so they're going to go find where to train and and best resources, but they're going to leave you right at the Mm -hmm. same time because you're not stepping up to their level of the caliber of person that they are. And so it's always looking for how, what do you need? How can I help you? If I don't have the answer, I reach out to my communities, digital marketer being one of them and just get connected with potential resources. And I mean, that's really transformed how we deliver content and how we deliver our services to our clients. Yeah. Wow. There's so many great lessons in there. And Reuben, I know we're running to the end of our time and there's like so many more things I want to talk to you about, (laughs) but instead I will ask you just to wrap up, you know, our, our conversation, if you could go back in time and tell the you that, you know, had started, maybe had started building websites or started Pixelmark. If you could talk to him and tell him anything, knowing what you know now, what would you tell him and why? So one of the things, well, before I answer that question, I'm going to borrow that because I do quarterly planning and I just reflect back on my previous quarter. That's a great question to ask every yourself every quarter, because yeah. I think that question or the answer to that is going to be different as time goes on. Mm-hmm. So where I am today in the space-time continuum, the, the way I would talk to myself, you know, looking back at that, at, that, at that young, crazy kid that doesn't know what he's doing but likes to pretend that he, that he does, is I would say we, we've all heard the phrase fail fast, right? Mm. And it's one of the – especially in marketing, it's like, hey, the faster you fail – the faster you can learn from that and you can try again. And the more times it's kind of like the more at bats you get, it's okay. If you only hit the ball 25, 30% of the time, that makes you a really good baseball player. You know, if you're hitting 30, 40% of the time, it makes you a really good baseball player. So you just need to get a lot of at bats. But the thing that I've not heard many people, if anyone talk about the failing fast and what I would tell myself is I've always been a risk taker. I've been around entrepreneurial uh, individuals, my family, a lot of my friends. So I get the, the concept of failing fast. And let me tell you, I've like, like just flat out, like gone a hundred miles an hour, no helmet and smeared my face on the concrete. It hurts, <laughs> right? The thing I've never heard anybody talk about is for me, it's been easy to fail fast. I think the other component is get up faster. Just get mm. up. There's been a lot of times where I've experienced failure, significant failure, that I held on to that failure for too long. And that that stopped me from being able to get to my next failure because I was too scared or I was too hurt. And so if I could look back, I could just say, hey, don't beat yourself up over those mistakes, which half of them or more weren't even your fault. You know, hey, you made a mistake get up, keep going. And so that's the thing I would say is just don't continue failing. Just get up every time. Yeah. I love that. Are you watching Ted Lasso at all? Do you know what that is? Ted Lasso. 
Ted Lasso is a show on Apple TV. It's about a football coach, but he goes to England to coach football, soccer. And the first thing he tells one of his players is be a goldfish because they, their attention span is so quick. They don't remember the, the failure they had. It's kind of like that. Be a goldfish. I love that. You know, and sports is a really good example of this, you know, like because, you know, let's just call it the Super Bowl. And one of the players or one of the teams or one of the players makes a mistake. It's like, you have to get up fast. If you get hung up as a player with that play that you just screwed up, you're going to throw the game. Mm-hmm. But if you get up, get that goldfish, you know, memory and just get back to what you need to do next, like you can still win the Super Bowl, you know, and there's been teams that have done that and come back and just you know, surprise does. And so, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Get up fast y'all. Yeah. Okay. Ruben, this has been a fantastic conversation. We're almost done, but we have one more segment. It's called the lightning round. It's where I ask you a series of questions and I want you to try and answer each one in 15 seconds or less. Okay. It's actually the first time we're doing this <laughs> on the show. Are you willing to be our first lightning round guest? Uh, yeah, but you picked the wrong guest to keep his answers to 15 seconds. <laughs> okay, great. We're going to get right into this right after a quick. Hey, Ryan Dice here. You know, it's been a while since I've run the day-to-day for Digital Marketer, the company that Roland and I are partners in. Fortunately, we have a great team and great partners who help us with all that nitty-gritty stuff now. But the one thing that we focused on while I was there and the one thing the team still focuses on to this day is optimizing everything. I'm talking testing everything from the sales copy to the color of the checkout button. Testing like this can have a huge impact on your bottom line, but the truth is it takes a lot of time and a lot of resources. And half the time, we were just throwing stuff against the wall just to kind of see what stuck. But the good news is you don't have to figure everything out on your own anymore. And that's because our friends at Conversion Fanatics have optimized hundreds of sites in all types of industries from small startups to Fortune 500s. And now they can handle all your testing and optimization for you too. So if you feel stuck when it comes to optimizing your website, go and visit conversionfanatics.com and they'll give you a list of custom suggestions to optimize your site 100% free. Once again, you can find them at conversionfanatics.com. Break and a message from our sponsors. Welcome back to the Digital Marketer Podcast. We're here with Ruben Aguirre on the very first segment of the lightning round. So once again, I'm going to read off a series of questions, try to answer them in 15 seconds or less. Got it? All right. Let's do it. All right. Let's get into it. Question number one. What app do you find yourself using the most? I don't know. ClickUp. ClickUp. Yeah. That's a productivity app. Yes. That's a really good one. Yeah, click up. All right. I Question use it with two. My executive assistant. So I, I've been using that oh. a lot. And that's where we stay organized. Nice. Perfect. Question two. What brand is doing the best job with their digital marketing right now? Eight signal. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> that's right. 
If if no one's gonna rep you, you well, gotta rep yourself. Right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, question three. What's the best piece of marketing advice you've ever received? Don't niche down, just market to a niche. And I heard that directly from Ryan Dice. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Market to your niche or niche. For all those having second thoughts and being scared about focusing on a single niche, it for me, it was a huge pivot to not being scared of going in that route. Mm, amazing. Question four. <laughs> What's your favorite <laughs> marketing book? Huh. I'm sorry. It's not 15 seconds. I just lately I've been so focused on business development books. Yeah. That a marketing book doesn't come to mind. Well, what's the business development book? So right now, one of the books that I keep going back to a lot is Traction EOS. And Mm. though I don't fully implement it, there's a lot of elements that I've adopted and it's really helped make things just smoother here around, around the office. So that's, that's a really good book if you haven't read it before. And anything around that around that line. So like, you know, like scaling up and anything on building a business, especially if you're like self-conscious about like, I've been an employee, I don't have an example. You know, mentors or books are a great way to, to be mentored. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many geniuses out there that have lived so many experiences. Okay. Last one. Can I go back to the, the book question? Yeah. Okay. So marketing book, They Ask You Answer by Marcus Sheridan. Oh, that's a good one. That really changed how the same way that Digital Marketer has impacted everything that we do as an agency as a whole, They Ask You Answer has transformed how we do content for our clients. And I've given that book out to some of our clients as well. Wow. I'm going to read that. Okay. Last one. Question, I think five. (laughs) Where do you find your inspiration for your business, products, ideas, anything? Where do you find inspiration? Everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I mentioned earlier that I like to tinker and I always go to different places just for the sake of figuring things out. I love woodworking. I spend a lot of time in my garage just playing in there. And a lot of times just while I'm working on solving a problem there, Like I like to borrow solutions from left field and bring them into, Mm. you know, the, my business or into our clients' businesses. So I love working. And one of the other things that has helped me back in the past, not anymore about niching is that I don't want to just, I want to work with a variety of companies. Well, part of that is that you learn so much from different people And so what I learned from a moving company, I can take over here and apply a concept of that and a framework of that into a nonprofit organization that's looking for, you know, increasing, you know, their, their donor base. So uh, yeah, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. If you just look and be removed. Perfect. I think you nailed it and he'll, he'll edit it perfectly. All right. Well, Ruben, this was absolutely amazing to have you on the digital marketer podcast. I loved talking with you and learning more about eight signal before we say our official goodbyes. 
where can people reach out to you, find out more about you, buy something from you, et cetera, et cetera. So best place to reach uh, me and, and my team is 8signal.com. Uh, just fill out the web form there, reach out, um, let me know that you heard me on the podcast and I'll be sure to follow up right away. Otherwise you're going to get put through a long filter before you get to talk to me. <laughs> That's perfect. I should do that. I should start doing that. You have to tell me that you heard me on the, my podcast <laughs> Yeah. or else like, you know, I'll tell it to my mom when she texts me next. Where'd you hear from? Yeah. Where'd you hear about me from? <laughs> well, this was absolutely awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, so to my part, thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed doing this. I've never done this before, so it's kind of cool. I was a little nervous getting into it, but it wasn't, it wasn't scary. You make it you make it real easy and you uh, put me at ease very, very easily. So thank you, Jenna. Huh. Well, you nailed it. And now you can go be on like a million other podcasts. I don't know. I don't know. You're going to get so many requests after this. I don't know. <laughs> I'm already busy. <laughs> Not so sure about that. Yeah, all, yeah. Well, if they're, if they're willing to, and I, I'll be completely honest, like part of the reason why I was so open to doing this with you guys, I do love attention. Like I'm not going to deny that. Same. But <laughs> the, the DM community has done so much for me and I've learned so much and they've really helped me become the person that I am today and continue to help me to become who I'm going to be. And so I really feel, you know, just um, grateful and, 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 you know, I, I think the word indebted comes across negatively, but you know, there's nothing wrong with it. I feel indebted to the community. And so I'm super happy to be able to, to do this. And I hope that it helps somebody, you know, the same way that a lot of the guys in the group and, and gals, I just had one of them reach out to me. She's like, Hey, it's been a while since we've connected. How's it going? Here's, you know, let's, let's just grab 30 minutes, catch up. You know, That's somebody awesome. I met through Digital Marketer. And so I, I love this community. Yeah. They're doing an awesome job. Well, Ruben, you're like, you know, I've seen you around for so long, like inside our communities and even like seeing your face at workshops and, and stuff like that. And, you know, it's nice to get to have a full conversation with someone that has been so impactful for so many people, like all the advice you've given inside Engage and like just being, you know, a leader in the community and showing people like, here's how to use these frameworks. Cause I think a lot of people can really get stuck yeah. inside their own head. So yeah, just thank you awesome. for, for being here. Man, hug fest. If we were in person, we'd be like, Hey, and donut group. <laughs> yeah. And to you out there listening, it means so much to have a little bit of your day each week. And we'll see you same time, same place next week. Goodbye. Hey, DM listeners, if you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up, because Digital Marketer just released our Canva Holiday Promo Pack. 
It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.